Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keen is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 13 of Family Ties. This episode is titled, Karen 2, Alex 0. It was originally aired on December 13th, 1984. And with me, as always, to discuss this very special episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, how you doing, friend? Pretty good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Do you know that this is the last episode of 1984? I I did not look ahead, but I would assume there's probably not one on the 20th of December, right? No, there wasn't, actually. So the next episode is like January 3rd, I think. Oh, so we're in almost in 85 here. Yeah. We're, we're also so about six months off, like... Um, <laughs> from when we're airing this episode to when it originally aired. So, well, we're so yeah. close though. We were doing so well. I know. Spring break got us. It, it did. It always, <laughs> it always does. Well, we'll have a little more summertime since I'm not traveling as much this summer. So we'll, we'll kind of even out the score there. We'll see yeah. how, where we get to. I have nothing either for summer. So I'm just going to be the lump that stays home. Well, that's good. It's nice to lump around at home. Oh, man, I, I love home so much. That's my favorite part of pandemic is being home. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I know some people that was not fun, but I like yeah. our house, too. Like, I like being around. Yep. So that, yeah, that's I've, nice. We've been doing all kinds of stuff and just, uh, you know, we're almost done with school. So I'm ready to go back to kind of a chill time. Oh, yes. Uh, chill in the figurative sense because it's also going to be super hot this week. So Yeah, it's going to be 100 soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow's like the last like not horrible day t- yeah. temperature-wise. Ugh. So, I'm, I'm ready not looking for forward it. to that. That's no. so dumb. I know. Other than that, though, it's pretty good. Looking yeah. good. Ready for the kids to be out of school and just get back on kind of a cruising schedule. Yes. No more getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning just to get everybody ready. Summer vacation, kids don't have school. What's your, like, regular wake-up time? Uh, it depends on, like, what I have for my work. But usually 7 is probably the latest. You Okay, so, like, a weekend, kids are out of school. You are not. You don't have to go into work this day. You still get up at 7. Yeah, pro- pretty much. I'm usually up at 6 still, but I just will lay in bed. Sometimes seven, and then the rare occasion I'll sleep at eight. So how do you record late at night with me like this? Then I don't I don't understand how you function. <laughs> oh, so I I never go to bed like usually before eleven or midnight, and then I get up at five or six every day. So you just don't sleep? Nah, you have time to sleep when you're dead. This is true. <laughs> Are you a napper though? No, no nap. Because no, huh? I feel like it wrecks me. Like I'm always like groggy and weird, and yeah. I think it's just so many years of being in construction. Like, you know, you would normally get up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning on a regular basis. Oh, so, yeah. And, you Ooh. know, I don't want to go to bed at like 8. That's Well, that's boring. no fun. No. So, you know, I'd stay up till 10 or sometimes 11. And then, you know, you go to bed and 3, 4, 5 hours later, you got to get up and go. Just depends on the day. I also sleep for short, shorter periods of time. Maybe not quite that short, but... Mine is just kind of shifted all a little bit later. I stay up a little bit later, and I sleep in a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. So when the kids go to school, what time do you have to get up? Well, so, I mean, like, this year is different because we're doing it at home. Yes. I, you know, I mean, we don't have to get up in enough time to drive everyone everywhere. So this year, we get up around, well, I've been getting up around 7.20. Okay. The kids, I mean, that's what I'll, if they're still asleep at that point, I'll get them up. But they actually usually wake up closer to like seven o'clock so do they have to be like logged in at eight o'clock or something yeah and but they like to get up a little earlier because if they get up early enough they can like play some video games or watch cartoons or something beforehand you know yeah well and eat breakfast and kind of be ready yeah and all i have to do to get ready is you know eat breakfast brush their teeth and then shuffle them back into their bedroom you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's uh it's It's not a long trip on this one no it used to be that when I had to, you know, drive everyone around, it was a much earlier morning. So I realized we're going back to that at some point here. But yeah, <sighs> when Griffin had football in his freshman year, 
they had practice at 5 a.m. So he had to be there at 4.45 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Because it was a before school thing because the freshman team was before school. So All right. that was rough, you know, because then I was getting up again like early, like concrete days. And I was like, oh, this is no fun. But I'd go home and I'd log in and I'd get a bunch done before 7 o'clock when the girls would get up and, you know, get them going for their school days. Well, that's good. But, yeah. man, that's early. <laughs> yeah. So Heidi, I think, is more kind of aligned with your schedule. Like, she likes to stay up later. She likes to sleep later. That's that's how I'm wired. I get that. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this, but that is that is very true. There's a lot of truth to that. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, you know what they say. I think uh, the later you stay up, I think the closer to, the, the, to genius you are or something, right? I'm sure that's that's got to be accurate. Yeah. yeah that's what Heidi sure. always says. So <laughs> She's smart. Yeah. yeah. She's got to teach me some of these things. <laughs> and when in doubt, make it up. <laughs> so how often does Heidi do the um, goofing around until you start noticing the sunrise and go, oh, shoot, I got to go to bed before, <laughs> before Keith wakes up? She does not I, do that very much anymore. We're too old for that nonsense. <laughs> I don't do it as often anymore, but that's definitely a thing that has happened to me on more than one occasion. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, it's getting kind of light outside. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oh, dang it. I'm still awake. What am I even doing? <laughs> you get about an hour or two of sleep, and then it's like, okay, well, yep. time Back to go. Back at it. I, I have done that. So do you still have to set, like, 17 crazy alarms? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not as many now that because the kids are home and Janelle's home and they all are coming in and out on their schedules. So, you know, a lot of that during the daytime is already kind of preset. But Mm -hmm. in order for me to, like, actually get up and get to the places I need, I have a huge series of alarms that all, you know, there's one that goes off five minutes before I got to be to do this thing or, you know, five minutes before the kids recess is over. I have that set to make sure they're back in time. So, Oh yeah. When Ella was home and we were doing school, I had a lot of alarms set because you got all the different classes that she had to hit. Then she has some specialists that we would have meetings with before school, some days after school, other days. (laughs) Oh, and then she'd meet with the teacher three times a week and, you know, in her little group and yeah. That was crazy. It's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> yes. I'm looking over at my, uh, I've got a corkboard on the wall here. And I'm like, oh, I can take all these things down because it has all the schedules and all the times everybody had to be everywhere. And that will be useless in a couple of days. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure it's useless now. <laughs> I think I even have Aiden's schedule for college and, you know, he finished already. So speaking of college, <laughs> Alex is going to college. He is. And he's pledging a frat. He is. Oh, wait. But before we get to that, I do have one, like, minor news thing that I got to bring up here. I don't want to get your hopes up too much. So I will tell you it's not something that's exciting, but it is something I thought was exciting. Okay. So we have, as we've talked about a lot of times, if you'd like to write into us, you can write to friend at gmail.com. That's our email address, and mm-hmm. you can write to us. We also have a contact form on our website. And normally, you know, I mean, with those types of things, sometimes bots will go in and you get like spam ones, right? Yes. And our my our spam thing is pretty good at catching it. Every once in a while, I'll go and click into it and make sure they didn't like scoop something that was, you know, legitimate. But it never was. Right. It's always just spam <laughs> ones. So rarely do those ever come into my inbox because it's really good at filtering those out. But I got one just today. In my email that is from, you know, the little form from our website, and it's from a lady named Dolly Knotts, K-N-O-T-T-S, like Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. Or and I was like, oh, my gosh. Someone wrote to us. This is so exciting. And it looks like a legitimate one. And, you know, I mean, it's a legitimate email because it's from the form, so it's sure. not, it doesn't look spammy. But I guess their little spam thing was convincing enough to get past it because all uh. it says is – Thinking about making some extra cash online? Don't do it until you've read this first. And then it's got a little link. So, Oh. Dang it, Dolly Knots. You got us. I was so excited, though, because I'm like, oh, we're going to record tonight. I better check the email. Oh, something came through. Oh. Oh, womp womp. Well, maybe her dad, Don, was going to write us, but then he's he can't because he's really busy right now. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's he's not thing. available at the moment. <laughs> he's not. No. <laughs> Maybe he's swimming with the fishes again. Oh, we just watched that with the kids this summer. Oh, or, really? No, spring break, I guess. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in 20 years. There's a. It's funny because what I remember as a kid is the cartoon part. We're talking about the Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yes. For those who know, know what we're talking about. But there's a lot of like just live action stuff beforehand that I think is entertaining now. But as a kid, I completely tuned out. Yeah, because it's not fun till he's a fish. Right. That's when it's exciting. Right. Do you know that there's in the um, Ariel's Undersea Adventure at Disneyland, there's the Incredible Mr. Limpet fish? I did know this. That yeah. This is, that is very cool. I told Heidi and she had no clue what I was talking about. She's like, I have no idea what words you're saying. She never saw Incredible Mr. Limpet. Nope. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't think Janelle had seen it since I made her watch it, though, to be fair. Right. So. I guess some people great, grow up in weird houses. I guess so. Well, so the funny part about the live action stuff in that movie is that the whole premise is that he's sort of a, you know, nerdy, you know, kind of loner, shy guy. And his Mm -hmm. wife is very bombastic and bossy and pushy. And their friend comes back from, I think he's he's been at war. He's like on leave uh, because it's set during World War II. And he comes and stays at their house and it basically moves in on Don Knotts' wife and is like making a move on her and says like, oh, you're too weak for her and I'm going to take care of her and takes her out on dates and kind of pushes him around. And like is basically stealing his wife right in front of him. And then they're going – they go out to the fair and he winds up getting pushed off the, the pier into the water. And the solution is his wife – kind of like oh no and he's she's sad for a minute and then he carries her off and he's like i'll take care of you and then (laughs) they like get together his supposed friend like it's kind of a dark opening but that's super crazy to say like when was it made like the 70s probably right i think so yeah yeah 60s 70s somewhere in there yeah that's nuts it's pretty it's crazy i had no idea that was what the you know live action story was about so yeah i know i know if you would have asked me i don't know that i could have answered it <laughs> yeah he's a fish oh i'll be darned <laughs> yeah well maybe i won't watch that one with the kids after all the little ones i mean you can always just skip forward to the cartoon part you know <laughs> yeah well they won't get it anyways probably so yeah i mean it's played for laughs and silly but that's what the story is you know even though they're goofy about it it's it's crazy so. well i guess if you make it jokey then it's okay I mean, I don't think a kid, I mean, obviously we didn't, I didn't pick up on that's what it was about, but as adults, we were all like, oh my gosh, is this really happening in this movie? (laughs) And the kids are like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dang. I have uh, fond memories of that movie, and then it was fun to see it uh, when I rode Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Yeah, it's great. It looks just like him, too, with the glasses and everything. Yeah. Super fun. Well, also super fun was this episode that we watched of Family Ties tonight. Sha-la-la-la! I love Gina Davis. I, this is another great episode with her. Yeah, And I she's think so it's your young. turn to tell us about it. So we have two great storylines. Again, Gina Davis is there as Karen. And uh, she seemed to be like a little more settled as a housekeeper. So I don't know like what the timeline is as far as from the last episode of this episode, if it's been a week or just a couple more days or what until the very end of the episode when they, they pulled the same gag again. Yes, they did. But we'll get back to that. Okay. The B storyline though, I thought was hilarious with the girls learning how to give haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) So we open in the kitchen and Karen is talking about, you know, Oh, okay. You wanted the uh, cheese omelet and you wanted the eggs Benedict. And they look at their plates and they look at her and they're like, but these are all the same. They're all scrambled. And she's like, yeah, it just sounds more fun. (laughs) Oh, so then Alex comes in and he's telling Mallory that she's got to get off the phone, even though she's not on the phone, because he's expecting an important phone call. He's pledging a frat and they're having a frat party dance. And he has to ask a very attractive girl to go with him because image is everything. So he's waiting for her call and she finally calls and she says, you know what? I'm going to go. Let's we're going to do this. It's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, some hilarity ensues with uh, the phone call because Mallory calls it um, that maybe this girl is attractive, but she may not be the brightest bulb. (laughs) 
And I noticed when they, when Stephen and Alex decided, you know, Stephen's like, okay, Alex, I got to go to work. So if you want to ride, you know, now's the time to go. When they walk out, I think it's the first time I've ever noticed. You could see the houses across the street. Yeah, it was like a matte painting, kind of. Yeah, it was really fake looking, but I don't know that I've ever caught that before. So I don't know if it was the first time or what. I don't know either, but I noticed that as well, which tells me maybe something was new or different. we got to compare. Yeah, they're trying something different, so I'm curious to see if they do it again next time. I feel like it was like a tree, just a tree or something out there that before that kind of blocked it, some, or a bush or something. Yeah. You, or, or maybe like that was kind of like the garage or something. I don't know. Yeah. It always seems like there's a little bit of daylight or darkness that would come through, and then that's it. But mm, interesting. Go back and look. There's like mm. three or four houses, and you know they were kind of close together, all two story, you know, a frame style houses. But interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So we flash over to where Alex is uh, going to the fraternity, and he's meeting with them. Uh, they had set up a date and time to kind of go through an interview process to see if he would be a good candidate for it. And he, we meet Petey, and <laughs> Petey is a gem. Yes, he is. So he he's a legacy though. So they gotta let him in. That was he's gotta let me in. (laughs) They gotta let me in. And I'm sure we'll talk more about PD later. But uh, yes, uh, Alex is getting interviewed, and uh, you know they're asking him what he knows about the frat, and he's like, "Well, I know the mascot is a wolf in sheep's clothing," (laughs) 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 and that image is everything. So of course they're asking him about his date for the party, and they're making a big deal about you know he's got to dress the part and be the part and you know have the the right date and everything to get into the uh, fraternity and he ends up meeting with the dean who i don't know a lot about fraternities but that's the guy that must be the one who's kind of in charge of that house i guess so i mean they never really really know how that works either (laughs) yeah i don't know so there's always a dean in college movies or whatever so i I guess that's part of it yeah that sounds good enough to me so he meets that person and again you know they kind of reiterate the fact that you know he really needs to bring his a game so meanwhile back at the house the girls are giving steven a haircut and they say oh yeah karen taught us how to give a haircut so we're you know dad's our first victim and i mean uh you know customer and so (laughs) they're cutting alex walks in they're talking a little bit and all of a sudden jennifer goes Whoops! And she's just got this big wad of hair in her in her hands. <laughs> so uh, Stephen eventually figures it out, and then they all go running out of the room. So that way, uh, Alex can take the phone call, find out that Susie broke her leg, and she's not available. And so he gets the bright idea to ask Karen to be his date. And Karen says, "I can't. I just can't do it. Don't ask me. You know, I'm not going to talk about it." And so, you know, she ends up storming out so then skippy comes over we get skippy back and it's been a couple skippy of weeks and after like, in the same episode right it's like you know unicorns and uh, rainbows <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up to get a haircut and and alex is you know still trying to find a date he's trying some family members and you know poor grandma's too busy she's got a headache and doesn't want to go to the dance with him so <laughs> grandma gave you the whole headache story again huh? <laughs> yes. so alex makes one more plea to karen please please go with me you know and she says no i can't it's just it's weird but i can't tell you why and so he ends up going he gets to the party and he's trying to discuss with the guys that you know that you know, he doesn't have a date and that kind of thing. And in walks Karen. And all of a sudden, all the eyes turn to her. And she comes over, rescues Alex, saves the day, make him, makes him look like a hero. And uh, so Alex is, you know, super appreciative, super thankful. And he goes, well, She gives wait. him a huge kiss, too. Yeah, she does. Let's not forget. Yeah, she had to lean way down, too. <laughs> She's almost like holding him like a child. <laughs> I know. So great. <laughs> There's one more person uh, he wants to introduce her to, and it turns out it's that Dean Ian. And she's like, oh, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then all of a sudden he's like, Karen? And they know each other. Turns out they of had course. dated. And it was weird and creepy. And she ends up running out quickly. And she ends up going back to the Keaton house and talking to Steven. And, and uh, you know, they have kind of a 
funny play on words on how she became a housekeeper. And uh, turns out <laughs> that was a great bit. she uh, grew up wealthy, went to college, didn't really want to go to work kind of thing and lived on her trust fund and decided to date that older man and things didn't work out like she thought. And so she ran away and so she was looking for the family she always wanted and she met the Keatons. <laughs> uh, Alex comes home. He wants to talk to her. She ends up quitting, telling Stephen that you know she's learned the lesson and she's ready to move on. But you know, there's just one more thing. You know, she's really hungry and she's already in the kitchen and she was just going to boil some waffles to go with their ice cream. <laughs> and the whole family, you know, everybody runs over and Alex like jumps up on the sink and Stephen covers and he's like making the cross with uh, <laughs> like spoons. <laughs> or something. Yeah, and the kids like move in front of the fridge and and then we freeze frame and that's the end of Karen. It's the end of Karen. Sadness. What an interesting story arc. Yeah. Kind of weird, you know, that uh, two episodes and she's a housekeeper and that's how they ended it was that uh, she dated the older man at, at the college. Yeah. A tiny, a small world, as Alex said, a very tiny world. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is ironic because <laughs> compared to Gina Davis, Alex is a little yeah, on the know. tiny side. There was one scene when he was talking to her, trying to convince her to go. Where he's like up on the landing by the front door and she's down a, a step. And he's still shorter than she is. They're like <laughs> almost eye to eye, but he's still a little shorter. <laughs> oh, I thought they really played uh, into that whole uh, height thing quite a few times this episode. And it was really funny. I think it's funny, too, that like they, you know, the reason that things didn't work out is she had dated the Dean. Not this like crazy, you know, fraternity thing where they only let people in who could get like pretty dates and like. <laughs> All this, like, weird, like, superficial, like, borderline, like, super creepy, you know, policies. And that's not the issue. The issue is that she dated him and it didn't work out, you know? <laughs> yeah. She didn't want to see him again. Yeah, that was super funny. I'm surprised she showed up, though. I mean, obviously, she had to because it was the way the episode was written. But Well, right. You know, in real life, she already knew that it was going to go poorly at best, I'm sure. Yeah. But maybe she had to well, confront the demons. Plus, the Dean, we knew already he was a bit of a creeper because when he was meeting Alex, he's like, oh, let's see if you bring a beautiful date, you know, and he's like an old guy. <laughs> right? So. <laughs> Super creepy. Super creepy. There was a few of those kind of cringy moments, you know, like when uh, Susie called to cancel on Saturday because she broke her leg. He was telling yeah. the family, he's like, well, you know, uh, how's your diet going? <laughs> she's all, he's like, oh, she's down to 107. And Steven says when she gets down to a hundred cell. <laughs> right? I was like, oh. Yeah. That was a little cringy. There are some moments. But, I mean, a part of it is that's definitely Alex's character. He's shallow. He occasionally has moments where he becomes a little more enlightened. But he, uh, you know, when, when he finds out she broke her leg, he's like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> and then Steven's like, I'll make sure she sends you a card. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was awesome steven's one-liners are so good oh that whole bit when he was talking with karen when she's telling him her story mm -hmm. and she'd say a bit and he'd say oh and then that's when you decided to become a housekeeper and she's like no and then she tells a little more story he's like oh and that's when you became a housekeeper no and this goes on and on and finally <laughs> at the end he doesn't say that and that's when she became a housekeeper and <laughs> they played that whole bit like perfectly i love oh it. yeah yeah, she's like, and then that's when it happened. And he goes, what happened? <laughs> what, what happened? That's right. <laughs> that's when I became a housekeeper. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were so good. Yeah, it's great. Plus, Skippy was really fun. Even though it wasn't like a big part, he, just him being so happy that, that Mallory wants to cut his hair. He doesn't even care <laughs> what she does to it, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he had a couple of one-liners, too, to say he only had a few lines in the first place. Oh, they but were they're so always good. gold. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Sha -la -la -la. Man, so we did have quite a few guest stars in this episode, um, which we should probably talk about. Yeah, and a couple of them looked familiar. Like one of the frat boys to me looked familiar, and then the dean has been in quite a few things too, but I can't think of his yes. name. Well, so first of all, of course, we had Gina Davis again. We already went through in great detail with her, but... Um, this is her second and final episode of Family Ties, so she's not coming back. 
Of course, Mark Price is more of a regular character, but just had to mention that this is his 11th out of 51 appearances. So there's still a lot more Skippy to come. Nice. So, um, yeah. So our first, uh, you know, true guest star is uh, the Dean. Ian McCall was his name, the Dean. And he was played by Robert Pine, um, who is definitely one of those guys. He's been in 230, you know, 230 acting credits. So a lot of, he's been acting since forever. Um, He also, his son is Chris Pine, who is like Captain Kirk in the Star Trek reboots. Really? Chris Pine? Yes, that's his his son? son. Yeah, so be sort of an acting royalty family here. He's got other uh, family members that were actors in various you know degrees, but Chris Pine is his most famous acting relative, his son. So, so they're the acting pines, not the forest pines. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> or the cleansing pines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Saul pines. <laughs> Saul pines. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is still still acting. His one of his most recent credits is he was in Superstore, uh, the TV show, which Janelle and I really like that show. Oh, um, that's the America Ferrera one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just had like a, you know did a, a guest spot on there, but he does a lot of stuff. I mean, he's done so many things. Just a few highlights. Um, he did an episode of Angie Tribeca, which is a really fun. Have you ever watched that show? No, I haven't. It's sort of like uh, the Naked Gun, like if they did a, a t- new TV show of that in modern times. Like, okay, it's, it's fantastic. Is she a cop? Um, yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's very much in the same like you know. I mean, th- I think Rashida they do a pretty Jones? good job. Yeah, Rashida Jones. Oh, okay, I've heard about that one. It's so good. I mean, if you like Naked Gun, that kind of spoofy stuff, like it's it's perfect. It's really really well done. Yeah, nice. Um, He's done a lot of voice acting, like he was a voice in Frozen, the uh, Disney movie Frozen. Okay. Um, Parks and Rec. He had a, a three-episode run on on The Office. He's Jim's dad on The Office. Interesting. Yes. Huh. Um, he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was in 64 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, you know, the uh, yeah. soap opera. Uh-huh. So, 90210, he was in Independence Day. He was in a hundred and this is probably the thing that I recognize him the most from, aside from the office. He was in 139 episodes of Chips. He's like the sergeant. Oh, he was the captain or the sergeant. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's where so, I recognized him from. Because I'm like, I know I've like seen this guy. Yeah, and that and that was, you know, around the same time period as as the episode of Family Ties, you know, it overlapped in there. So Gotcha. Um, nope. I that, totally like, remember that. Yeah, and this is his one and only episode of Family Ties. So we don't see the Dean anymore, which means I guess Alex didn't make it into the fraternity. Well, he did say at the end of the episode that those guys were jerks and he didn't want any part of it. That's right. He, see, he's got moments of enlightenment occasionally. <laughs> moments of clarity. <laughs> Few. Yeah, <laughs> they're scattered throughout. So next, we had Petey Gordon, uh, the character Petey Gordon, who was like the goofy uh, trust fund kid. Or no, what do they call him? The legacy kid. Legacy, yep. That he was the one that they had to let him in. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like super great, super goofy. Um, and he is played by an actor named Barry Sobel. Um, not near as many ac- uh, credits. He's got 30 credits to his name, okay. but some very interesting ones in here. Ooh. Um, first of all, in his more recent stuff, he's done um, a bunch of like smaller roles in movies. Uh, he did two movies. I don't know if this is on purpose or how, but two movies with um, Julia Roberts. He was in Larry Crown and I Love Trouble with her. Um Smaller roles, so I don't know. Maybe that just happened to be, but who knows? Hmm. Um, he was in that thing you do, the um, which is with Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks was also in Larry Crown. So I don't know if he's like friends with these guys. I couldn't find a lot of biographical information, but he has like some interesting little connections. Well, Tom Hanks was also in Family Ties. That's right. Oh, I didn't even put that together. He also was in Doc Hollywood, which was a starring role for Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I like that one. Oh, yeah. It was really good. And then he also did another Tom Hanks movie, Punchline. Hmm. Interesting. 
I don't know if did you ever see Punchline. No. With Sally Field and Tom Hanks. It's not necessarily a very fantastic movie. In fact, it's I've watched it again as an adult, and it's it's pretty blah. Tom Hanks and Sally Field are both stand-up comedians, and they you know struggle with it, and they're comp- competitors, but they also are romantic interests. You know, blah blah blah. It's interesting because it's not really very funny. Like, you know, like stand-up com- comedy has to be funny for it to be believable. Yeah. But what's most important about this movie is it was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is quite a memorable one, right? <laughs> Did you watch it with your parents? I saw it with my mom, yeah. Okay. She, We went and saw it. I believe we saw it in the theater, if I remember correctly. Um, and she wanted to see a movie and she likes Tom Hanks and I mean, I was like a teenager, you know, or a preteen, probably, I don't know, 11, 12. I don't remember when it came out. Right. But I don't remember much about it. I mean, it was for language, you know, it's not like horrible or anything, but there's one scene in it when he's, you know, he's trying to be a comedian, but his like fallback career is he's like going through medical school and he's got like his final medical exams and they were pointing at like all the different parts in the anatomy and he has to name them and they point at like the colon and he can't remember. So he calls it the poop shoot. <laughs> and my mom and I like died laughing and that we still like will quote that to this day. It's the only memorable part of that entire movie. But <laughs> there you go. That's that's punchline. I don't remember what my first rated R movie it was. No. Yeah. But I remember watching A Fish Called Wanda with my family and being super uncomfortable with that whole thing. <laughs> I could see that, yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming it's rated R, but... It is. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. It is. But I'm consistent. That's funny. I don't know, for whatever reason, that just stuck... It was like a big thing, like, ooh. Yeah. We're going to go see an R movie. Well, you know? which is crazy, too, because, I mean, there was a lot of language in PG-13 in the 80s, and so I feel yeah. like an R was really just a couple of more words, or maybe they threw yeah. in an S word, or, oh, the dreaded F word. Yeah, except that even, like, a few of those slipped in in the PG- PG-13s in the 90s, or in the 80s, you know? Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. Huh. Um, so he yeah. must be friends with that group of people. It's gotta be. Plus, um, well, maybe the most important other thing he did, he was in MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit video. <laughs> so, I mean, like, this guy is every, he has a very interesting uh, career for 30 credits. Yeah, that is kind of a weird career. You know what else is weird, though? What's that? Well, Tom Hanks and Sally Field work together. They're love interests. And then who knows how many oh, years yeah. later. Now all of yep. a sudden she's playing his mom. In, yeah. But she's not that much older than him is the thing. It was right. Makeup and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. But still. Because she played her regular age when he was a kid. And then they aged her up for when he was older. Yeah. Know, yeah. 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 In Forrest Gump. So. But Man. yeah. That, that is pretty funny. So this guy was also in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Which... Definitely checks out with his, like, nerdy character that he's playing here. <laughs> um, but this is, sadly, his only Aww. Family Ties credit. Interestingly enough, though, this was his first ever acting gig was this episode of Family Ties. First thing he ever was credited for. Really? What was your yeah. favorite PD moment? Uh, <laughs> I think when they told him, like, go in the other room and watch the TV. It's a big TV. And he's like, yeah. It is a big TV. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it all. <laughs> I My favorite part is he's laughing every once in a while as they're interviewing Alex. And then he's all, does anybody know how to turn this thing on? So he's just <laughs> asking right. it. Who knows what? Look at the blank TV. <laughs> he's a weirdo. <laughs> and, I mean, you only get a glimpse of the TV, but what do you think it was? Like a 32 inch? Oh, yeah. It wasn't, I mean, compared to modern TVs, it wasn't. For then, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah. I feel like our console TV was probably that size, though. It wasn't that huge, but... Right. I mean, we can't even see the Keaton's TV hardly, you know, so... It's pretty small, though, because I feel like... uh, Remember when Alex's friend was getting married to that one girl? Eleanor, I think was that her name? Yes. Remember how they, like... The TV was, like, pretty small. I feel like it was, like, a 20 or something. Maybe a 25. Yeah. Especially... It's funny, because... Steven works at a television station, so you'd think that they might, like, spring for a bigger a bigger set, but... 
Well, well, nobody's ever interested in watching his uh, documentaries with him. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) Poor Steven. (laughs) I know. Sorry, I totally derailed us from uh, our guest stars. No, that was that was important. I, I he was a great character. I really I I kind of was hoping we'd see more of him. Like he'd be a character around the college because he was just so goofy. But mm-hmm. alas, it is not to be. No. So the other two guest stars that are credited are the two uh, fraternity guys that are you know kind of Alex is first introduced to. Um, one of them, the character's name is Craig Duvall. He was played by an actor named Christopher Rydell. Um, this is another guy who hasn't done a ton of stuff. He's got 34 credits to his name. Um, did a lot of like, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, a few like TV episodes of various things. Like he did a Star Trek Enterprise episode, etc. Oh. But mostly what he did is a bunch of movies that I have never heard of before. I think they must be like, I don't know, straight to video stuff or whatever. Or maybe um, were they like TV movies made for TV? I don't know, because, like, I didn't recognize any of the actors in any of them. Like, he was in a movie called A Man is Mostly Water. Oh, sure. Um, 80% was in I, How, think. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the whole movie. How I Got Into College, I actually think I had heard of that one before. Um, a movie called Gotcha. The only one that I actually recognized, well, two of them, he was in the movie Mask. Not The Mask, but Mask with Cher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, what, and uh, Eric something or other. Eric, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name, where he had, like, you know, an elephantiasis or something like that. It was kind of like Wonder. It was like the precursor to Wonder. Yeah. And then he also, like, one of his first acting things was in On Golden Pond oh, with yeah. Henry Fonda. Yes. Oh, going back to the Fondas. That's right. I'm super so, fond of this conversation. I am, too. <laughs> <laughs> But sadly, this is the only time that the character of Craig Duvall shows up. So, uh, well, we That's weren't it. big fans of him. So, I mean, we like him as no, a person, but he was well, a jerk. Actor, yeah, but yeah, he was a terrible person. And then finally, we had Don Don Carruthers, who was the other uh, frat guy, played by an actor named Rick Gibbs. Rick Gibbs has exactly four acting credits. That's it. There's no biographical information. Nothing about him. That's it. Really? He was in four things. And an enigma. He is. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? He came and he left. He did something in 1984, 85, 86, and 87, and then that's it. Well, yeah. He he wasn't making enough money to keep acting if you only get one (laughs) gig a year. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So since there's only four, we're going to go through his entire catalog uh, in reverse chronological order here. So. Uh, first, uh, the most recent one, 1987, he was in a movie called Buckeye in Blue. Never heard of it. Oh, it, oh I wonder if that was like a college movie about the Buckeyes. Oh, it could be. I suppose. Ohio State or something, I think it is, isn't it? Buckeye State. That feels like that is Ohio. Ohio State. I was right. Okay, well, I did click on Buckeye in Blue, though. Uh-huh. Apparently, it has nothing to do with that because the... Description of the movie is young woman joins a gang of bank robbers on her way to find the man she loves. Oh, well, sure. I mean, you got to have something to do in the meantime. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was a made-for-TV movie, I believe. And it does star Robin Lively. So there is a name I recognize in there. Okay. But other than that, there's not a lot of information about it. All right. Well, we tried. We I did. Mean, they're keeping it Ohio, though. Well, that's, yeah. Kind so, of. Ohio. That makes sense. <laughs> so then in 1986, he was in a TV movie called Pleasures, which, again, I've never heard of. I looked at this one, too, though. I think it's like, um, I want to say French or something. It's in another language. Um, oh, interesting. Or at least that the original title is in another language. But there's, like, no no names I recognize at all in it. So who sure. knows? Who knows what that's all about? Then... In 1985, he did a movie called Paradise Motel. Looks like a like kind of R-rated, like teen sex comedy type of thing. But hmm. again, with no one I've ever heard of. And then finally, he was in this. Well, originally, his first one, 1984, an episode of Family Ties, and he only did one. Well, that's too bad. Well, yeah. I, but it's good for Alex because he doesn't need to be part of that. Uh, frat, that's right. So Those guys were good. <laughs> yeah. And that's our guest stars. Sha-la-la-la! 
Well, did you get any uh, any good jokes or any lines you wrote down? Anything we should go over here? So I've gone over a couple of them already just during the synopsis, but one of my all-time favorite jokes is all about the Keaton ancestors. You know, they came over uh, on the – before the Mayflower, they came over on the April flower. The month before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got there and they looked around and said, all right, Mayflower, come on over. It's safe, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I laughed so hard I had to stop and go back. I knew it was coming too when he said that. My ancestors, oh, they came over before the Mayflower, <laughs> and I knew, I just knew where it was going, and it was, it was great, great delivery, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then my other one was uh, Skip, one of Skippy's one-liners when he goes, "Man, I wish your dad didn't love baseball so much because I'd love to see his haircut." <laughs> 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 oh skip <laughs> oh that was so funny yes uh, what about you did you have anything that you wrote down yes a few a few others although i did write down most of those same ones that you said um the right at the top of the show um alex comes in in the morning and he's like mallory get off the phone and she's like i'm not on the phone and he's like oh sorry it's a <laughs> reflex <laughs> i just thought that was a great little bit where he keeps saying mallory get off the phone every little Every little bit there. So that's pretty great. And now that's not even a thing. Well, I mean, even a few years later, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Because at least you would always have like uh, call waiting Call or waiting, yeah. Was that more money? Or was that eventually just part of like the package? At one point, it definitely cost extra. But I think then they kind of wrapped it in with it. Yeah. Because there was a while when we right. didn't have call waiting. And some of my friends did. And we're like, we got to get call waiting. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to call for hours. I can't get through. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Could you imagine times. that now? No. Ugh. In um in Avengers uh Infinity War, we watched with our kids, and I won't oh, yeah. spoil it just in case someone has never seen it, but there's a part where someone uses a pager and we had to like pause and explain to our kids what a pager was. <laughs> like, okay, so like before phones, like we're cellular, but after you know, blah blah blah. So Man, I remember I had a pager and I loved my pager. I never had one. Oh, because you could not call people back if you wanted. Yeah. You'd be like, I never got that page. That's silly. Did you t- Did you page me? <laughs> I just had no way for anyone to get a hold of me, so I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, well, I'm a couple years older than you. So well, that's true. I think it was like one of those things with that technology, and I was right at the right age where it just hit me perfectly. Yeah. And, Man, I had like an iridescent one and a purpley colored one. <laughs> I mean, I was full 90s with those things, you know. It was Ooh. such a narrow window when those were a thing, though. Yeah, because the only people who had them were doctors. Yeah, and then like cell phones came out not too long after, so they became obsolete real quick. Yes, very quickly. And remember, JJ, he's the king of beepers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there were beeper commercials. There were beepers. Beepers were just everywhere. It's weird. (laughs) They were. They were so cool. I mean, maybe not really, but I loved my beeper. (laughs) Brought to you by Keith's Beepers. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I lost so much money in beepers. I bought stock early. (laughs) I made a killing, but lost it all quick. (laughs) (laughs) We should have sold when it hit 100. (laughs) (laughs) Sha-la-la-la! So another great bit that I another line that Petey said that really cracked me up is they were with Alex first meets him and and uh, Petey tells him about the letter he got that he should come to the fraternity to meet the guys <laughs> and Alex is like oh yeah I got that same letter and Petey's like you couldn't have mine says dear Petey <laughs> <laughs> if you walked into a uh, frat house. Uh interview and that was the guy that you were up against i'm pretty sure i'm in the wrong place right (laughs) uh i wish i do wish we could have seen more pd because i thought he was really funny oh he was he had some zingers i think they gave him jennifer's lines yeah well and maybe some of skippy's too i think it was he was like a mix of the two (laughs) yeah he really was and then the final like joke thing that i wrote down that i thought was really funny was Alex was like just, you know, mourning over the fact that he can't get a date. And he said, I needed somebody beautiful, sensuous, and intelligent. At least Susie was two out of the three. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then the whole thing with Aww. the, like, you know, Mallory's making fun of how she's dumb. And he, she's like, does, does Susie even know how to tell time? And then Alex is on the phone with her and he's like, yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's eight o'clock right now. And then pauses and he's like, well, the big hand's pointing at the eight. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That was hilarious. Poor Susie. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me. There was that one line when Alex was kind of commiserating about how, you know, he didn't have a date and, you know, oh, you know, grandma gave you the whole thing. Uh And Steven's like, you know, there's not a guy alive who hasn't had a very important date and he couldn't get a date or whatever. And uh, Alex is like, oh, did that ever happen to you, Dad? And he's all, no. No. (laughs) It was just so funny. He's like, well, no. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) That was hilarious. I miss Elise so much. I know. They didn't even mention her this time. She didn't even get like, oh, mom's hungry upstairs. Or mom's taking that. But just nothing. (laughs) Yeah. She's just gone. Yeah. I feel like she's been gone for so long. She has. Well, part of it is probably how long that we, you know. Took a break for. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you saying that we took a break that was too long? I mean, I, you know, for from Elise. Sure. You know, we wanted to see more Elise. That's all. Yeah. We got to have more Elise. Well, hopefully soon. Because I feel like, you know, New Year, new her. Maybe. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's got to be coming. Did you notice, by the way, that they fixed the table? The table was back to normal height. Yes, and there was no mention of it. Just no. you know, it's back to normal height. It's the original table again. So yeah. they must have built new legs for I it. Guess, I guess so. <laughs> Karen managed not to destroy the second one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was a lot less clumsy in this episode. She had grown, although I mean, like she was able to make scrambled eggs this time, as opposed to like trying to tape <laughs> the egg back up. You know, I think that's a big. <laughs> A big step forward, <laughs> <laughs> right? She didn't ruin ice makers or yeah. sinks or anything. They still don't want her to cook, but other than that, she's doing okay. Which was kind of funny that they had such a strong reaction, but they had let her cook them breakfast, you know, the day before <laughs> or a couple days before. I will miss Karen for sure. She should have gotten a spinoff, though, like Karen's House, and it would have been a great little <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> she only dates older men. <laughs> yeah. And cooks badly for them until they leave. <laughs> yes. It's easier than just telling them to go. Yeah. This is a great premise. We should have written this <laughs> yeah. back in the 80s. Right? <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! So, was there a moral to this episode? Well... I wrote down that it's not about appearances. It's all about the ones that you care about. And it's important that you walk through what they're going through with them. So you have to listen. Oh, that's good. Man, you always have the most eloquent morals. I love it. Well, you know, it's good that I can pick them out in real life or even (laughs) in TV because I try not to have any myself. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) As long as you can recognize one in a fictional story, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Makes me feel better. (laughs) Well, I think Alex learned quite a few things about, well, in today's day and age, we would call it like consent because he was very like demanding of Karen. And it was kind of like, like you, like you mentioned, not only was it awkward because, of just the whole way the fraternity was, but she was their employee at the house, which put her in a, like a very compromising situation that the adult son of the, you know, the family she works for is demanding she go on a date with him. And there was an interesting, you know, so at least he didn't say he was going to get her fired if she didn't. Well, it's true, but you know, that he definitely put a lot of pressure. And and at the end, you know, I think he learned and he said that he realized he shouldn't have, he should have listened to her and thought of her needs and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was pretty incredible, though, that he learned a little bit about just opening up and listening and, you know, hopefully he makes him a better person in the future. Hopefully. Although I have a feeling he'll be right back at it next week. I don't know. Something tells me. (laughs) (laughs) Does he get married in the series? I don't believe so. Because he meets his wife on the show, right? The one that he actually did marry in real life? He does, but I think that that's coming later. There's a few more, a uh, couple more seasons of Alex to mind before he has to settle down. And you said Nick doesn't start till like season five? I think so, yeah. Nick is so great. I'm very looking forward to when Nick joins. Well, we're getting there. I mean, we're already going to be uh, 1985 starting next week. We're plowing through. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be over before we know it. 
kind of like this episode, I believe, is over. <laughs> and we didn't even know oh, it. Are you going to land the plane? All of a sudden, it just came in. We're, we're at the airport, <laughs> and I see the lights flashing. All right, well, the take guy's us waving down. those little cone tube things at us, <laughs> which I think they do. The cone tubes. Yeah, yeah you know, the little, Disneyland sticks. Little glowy cone tube things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that means the end of the episode is here. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. I, I feel like that was a pretty rough landing, but we, we got it down anyway. So, you know. <laughs> well, any landing you can walk away from is a good one. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to walk away from this one. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. Thank you, Keith, for uh, joining me once again. My pleasure, as always. If people wanted to like tell us what they thought of that transition we made from show to ending, where could they write to us to tell us about that? Well, that's funny you should ask. They should totally write to us at Alex B. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com. Yes. And if Dolly Knotts is out there and she wants to write us a real email, she could also go to our forum on our website and put something that's not spammy in there. Because, Dolly, we want to hear from you. I heard she's kind of sheepish. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does anybody even get that reference anymore? Because I know you did. So, you know, I'm, I'm going for an audience of one on that one. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how old our audience is, I guess. Yeah. Write us in and tell us, guys. Yeah. How old are you? Did you get our Dolly the Sheep joke? <laughs> Super timely. Yeah. Yeah. Beepers <laughs> and Dolly the Sheep, you know, <laughs> on the cutting edge of current events. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yikes. Well, they should also go to our Facebook page. Uh, Alex B. Keaton is my friend, and they can uh, interact with us there. That's right. That would be a good place. <laughs> To leave all your Dolly the Sheep memes <laughs> if you want to share them with us. <laughs> We'd I like to see that. There is a Dolly the Sheep meme. <laughs> there's there's got to be, I'm sure, right? There's a meme for everything. <laughs> It'd be really funny if she was in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> the Clone Wars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Oh, finish it, finish it. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. So once again, thank you all for being here with us. And uh, that's it for this episode. So we'll see you next time on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do?